Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp. Today, I am joined by Blake Alderman. And Blake, I think it's safe to say that most Florida fans are ready to move on from the offseason. Good news is SEC Media Day is just around the corner and only a few days till we can do that. Yeah, I think at this point, when you have an offseason with guys leaving and you know you have two guys that don't qualify for your 2019 class academically i think a lot of fans are really ready to uh not only kind of look forward to the season you know you come off of 10 wins last year and you have a lot to look forward this year um you know the sec media days and then you have that big build up to the uh to the week 0 game against miami uh, kind of before that with fall camp so i think fans are kind of ready to turn on turn the page from uh the off season to uh the preseason you look at how I mean. You look at how last year ended, and and there was just so much momentum, so much hype. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected Dan Mullen to do what he did in winning ten games and winning a New Year's Six game, and, and more importantly, I think it was the way that it looked. You know what I mean? Uh, after basically seven years of just fielding incompetent teams that couldn't get the job done, Dan Mullen really had a very functional, effective uh, Florida football team. The way he turned Felipe Franks around, there was just so much optimism around the program, and. I don't want to harp too much on the negative offseason that Florida's had and, and some of the headlines, uh, but it just seemed like one thing after another this summer. And I think the fact that we're now, you know, really just a couple days away from kind of closing the book, I would say, on the offseason, you know, as SEC Media Day starts off, uh, I don't think there's a Florida fan out there that's not ready to kind of start talking football again, you know? Absolutely, especially when you have a big, you know, in state rivalry against Miami. You're that, you know, the, the term week zero, you know, it's kind of builds up some excitement there you know the entire football fandom of the you know country is going to be watching it's going to be the only game on you know so I think a lot of fans not only you know just the hype of what it is what it is but also the season starting you know we were joking about it before the call uh you know if there was ever an off season that uh you know that you're a Florida fan and you would like to have a little bit shorter man this week zero uh couldn't come in a better year and and I know just from our standpoint man writing you get to this uh, this this stretch of July in the summer where it's like, okay, what are we going to write today? Like we've we've kind of we've kind of talked, you know, all we can talk about this this football team and and 2019 and uh, the fact that you know now we're we're speeding things up a little bit. We're not going to have much time between SEC media days and fall camp. I mean, we turn around and it's Friday night lights in the first practice, and uh, it's kind of off to the races from there. Which isn't a bad thing because I'm running out of uh, slideshow ideas to write. So <laughs> I, I definitely need Friday night lights and fall camp to start up. Yeah, well, Blake, uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on the, the three plor- players that Florida's bringing to uh, SEC Media Days. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know already, Felipe Franks, LaMichael P. Ryan, and Jabari Zaniga will be the three guys going with Dan Mullen. Um, did, did, that, uh, did that selection surprise you at all? Not really, because I think that that was kind of the givens. I want to say that there was a thread actually on Swamp 24-7 of you know kind of who would be those guys. And I think whenever you... Have Felipe Franks to have the turnaround he had last year. I, I kind of expected, you know, you, usually when you have a quarterback who's that unofficial leader of the team, he's the one who goes. I mean, that's what you want. You want your quarterback to do that, to have that role. So that one wasn't a surprise. Zaniga, obviously, a lot of uh, hype around him this season. You know, you don't have Ja'Kai Polite there, and I think everyone's kind of turning to Zaniga to have that money year, you know, with him kind of having mm-hmm. that, you know, testing the NFL waters. And then Reese, you know, that one – He's, you know, kind of the, the the leader of their defense. So, you know, I don't think any of them really were a surprise. I thought 
to myself, you know, with CJ Henderson getting the number one and, you know, kind of being one of the better players on their defense. You know, at one point I was kind of surprised maybe it wasn't him, but again, he's not a guy who's really into media. He doesn't have a lot to right, say. Yeah, he's so very quiet. It, it doesn't make sense. Obviously it makes sense for, and when you think of it in that way, but you know, just kind of, you know, being number one, I, I think he's getting a lot of hype this year for the NFL. I think I was slightly surprised somewhat about that, but then when I really kind of thought about it, you know, these three really do make the most sense. Well, and I want to talk about each of them individually because I think I think obviously Felipe Franks. I think it's quite a statement that they're bringing him. Not that it's necessarily a surprise, but look, he's the first Florida quarterback to go to SEC Media Day since Jeff Driscoll in 2014. So Florida hasn't felt comfortable enough about a quarterback being the leader of their team or just being, you know, even being able to be the face of the team in five years. I mean, that's been a long time. Sure, and I think that. There hasn't really been much, like you said, to talk about as far as quarterbacks. So I, I think that, uh, you know, the season last year where at one point, you know, you're talking about should we put in Kyle Trask and him shushing the fans. And he, I think it shows that maybe this offseason he's come a long way for Mullen to feel that, you know. I, I think one of the things that he, Mullen's even talked about too is that Felipe, through the course of his college career, has kind of cared maybe too much of what the media says. So I think it kind of maybe shows that maybe he's grown up a little bit too. Because, I mean, you're bringing him to like the wolf den, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's it, absolutely right. I mean, other guys have uh, crumbled under their pressure. I remember one year Brandon Spikes was supposed to go, and, uh, I mean, this this was his senior year, I believe. Uh, you know, big, physical, imposing linebacker guy that you would never think would get rattled by anything. And the day of, or the day before SEC Media Days, Florida just kind of announced that uh, Spikes didn't want to go. Like, so it's not, this is not like an easy setting necessarily. Um, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit on the Swamp 24-7 message boards the other day. And we've talked about it a lot this offseason, just how different Felipe Frank seems now uh, versus even just six months ago, you know, midseason last year. He's he's a completely different person. And I think I think you kind of even hinted at it a little bit. It seems like he's soaking in Dan Mullen's attitude a little bit uh, more so than maybe he did in the past in terms of just not caring so much. Yeah, and you know, I think that's something that Mullen has talked about too. Is that guys are they not only did they buy in pretty quickly? That's something he said. But it seems like it's something you get more comfortable with. You know, the, the unquote Gator standard that they have there. So I think right. it kind of does. I think if you do look at it that way, that's a good way to look at it. That you know, he is one of those guys, a clear example there of someone who's bought in. Well, I mean, especially when you're a young player. I mean, you're obviously going to take some some cues, social cues, and whatnot from from your coaches. And I just I always felt like Jim McElwain was so. Um, us against the world. Yeah, he just had this mentality that, like, okay, the media was out to get him. And I, it obviously felt like Felipe Franks felt the same way um, early in his career at Florida, where it was very defensive, combative with the media, so to speak. And this spring was the first time I really felt like we talked to a very different Felipe Franks. Um, you know, obviously, he had the four-game stretch to end the season last year that was just phenomenal. And it, he got a lot of praise for that. And I think I – think, he hadn't really experienced the positives like that uh, in his career to the point that he realized, oh, the media can also cover you very favorably, you know, if you're playing well. Like that kind of comes with the territory. And I thought we saw a much more confident, um, comfortable Felipe Franks in the spring. So I'm interested to see, you know, was that a case of it's it's the spring? There's no pressure. There's no games. There's no week to week uh, critiquing of this incompletion that he threw or that, you know, um, does he maintain that same persona that we saw in the spring? Because if he does, I think Florida could be a really, really dangerous team, especially offensively this fall. Absolutely. Um, some of the other guys, you know, P. Ryan, I think, uh, to me, he's probably the most natural choice out of the three. 
Like if you're looking at the Florida roster and picking a guy that uh, I don't know if he loves the media, but it seems like he does in terms of like being able to express himself in that setting. He's he's the he's one of those guys that's a personality guy. You know, you talk about the Jalen Tabers, those types who just kind of seem to thrive in that setting. To me, that's LaMichael Pirine, and that's the, that's the guy that 100% I would have said for sure was definitely going. Yeah, and I think he's a guy, too, that is a pretty good guy at kind of selling your brand, so to say. And I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of what he brings there, too, is that you know he's, he's going to be really good at talking up not only what's going on and you know with the program, too, but I think for somewhat, too, that I feel like everything, even anything, is, is sort of a recruiting tool. You know, and I think that, you know, obviously recruits, I don't know how many watch SEC media days, but this is kind of the dog days of sports summer where this is about the only thing on. So, you know, I think, too, if if you're wanting that aspect there, you want a guy who's going to really kind of sell your brand and talk about the goods. And and I think that's kind of what he brings there. And, and he's a pretty mature whenever he, you know, he really thinks about his answer. You know, it's not right. just like mm-hmm. robotic. You know what I mean? Florida is good. It's, it's not like that. So I, I think that he's really going to be one of those guys that doesn't doesn't get rattled with the questions and I think Not he actually all. will yeah. be my thought. I, I think he'll, I'm interested to hear his answers because well, I, I mean, think he'll give some good ones. Yeah. I mean, he's just a genuine guy. And I mean, you can look back at his recruiting story. You know, everybody loves to talk about how he, you know, he bought his own bus ticket to Gainesville to be able to show out at a camp. And I think, I think he's been particularly instrumental in the transition in the Dan Mullen era, just because of that personality that he has about him, that he's going to go in and work to earn his place. And I think you've seen that. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, uh, part of the reason that Florida's bringing him is also because he embodies that. He embodies that buy-in um, that Dan Mullen's been looking for. He does it all. You know, he's a he's a willing blocker in the backfield when they ask him to step in and pass protection. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. But he's also the guy that's in the weight room encouraging other guys to go. You know, he, he to me, is as much a glue guy, I think, as Florida has on this roster. Yeah, and I think that was a pretty good win, too, to get him back because I think – Whenever you have some guys on the, especially the offensive line, uh, you know, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that can kind of come in and, you know, be a, somewhat of a coach. You know what I mean? Whenever mm-hmm. you have a younger line, so I think that was a good win for him to be back too in that aspect. But also, um, you know, I, I think he's primed for a good year. I mean, obviously the offensive line is going to depend be dependent on that. But you know, I, I think uh, this is what he came back for, man. You know what I mean? Like you, you come back yeah. to get that executive treatment, and I guess this is one of those cool little. Um, different things that you get to do in going to SEC Media Day. Well, yeah, I mean, there, and there's no doubt. I mean, he's going to be the guy that Florida rides. You know, Dan Mullen said it all spring. The reason he touched the ball so little in the spring is because they know exactly what he can do, and it, it doesn't do them any good to hand him the ball 35 times in the spring. They're going to be doing that some this fall, you know what I mean? Uh, he's going to get his touches. Uh, to me, Zaniga was maybe um, maybe the most interesting choice. You mentioned David Reese is a guy that obviously went last year. Um, he was a guy that I thought was probably going to go. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, some of the guys that are a little more open and I, I hate to say genuine because I think David Reese is very genuine, but he's he's a little bit canned in his answers. You know, it's very by the book. Um, he's going to he's going to basically give you the company line. Um, I, I think Zaniga is an interesting choice to me, not not just because of the role he's going to play on the field, um, but because I think he's a guy that is a very quiet leader on that defense. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of the more interesting things. I, I just none of his his sessions with the media really. I, I don't know. Is he a guy that's brought a lot to the media? Because I can't really no, remember he, a ton no, of times he, he has. He hasn't spoken a whole lot for one. Um, he's been he's been pretty good. He's he's um he's raw in the sense that you like as a reporter. 
Um, he's not going to, he's not going to necessarily sugarcoat things, but I, yeah, like you said, we just haven't really met with him a whole lot. And that's part, and that's part of the reason I was a little surprised that he was one of the inclusions. But I also think it says a lot about what Florida is going to be counting on from him this fall in terms of production. Yeah. And I think whenever you have, um, a guy, like we said earlier, Ja'Kai Polite, who's, you know, was such a dominant role for Florida last year. Now everyone's kind of looking to see who's going to be that guy. I think that that sort of, that's where the, the selection of him makes sense to me, because again, you, you know, you want him to kind of bring into that role and, you know, putting him in the limelight kind of says like, here I am, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think he's going to have to get used to that. I actually think, you know, I, I know the the buck position, that rush end spot that Ja'Kai Polite played last year is primarily what you would consider the the pass rushing spot at right. Florida. I, I think it's going to be a little different this year. I think that, um, you know, Ja'Kai Polite was a guy that had tremendous burst, tremendous explosion off the edge, but he was a little on the lighter side and he couldn't always routinely set the edge against the run. I think John Greenard, you know, the Louisville graduate transfer that steps into Polite's role this year, he doesn't have that same quick burst first step, and he's he's a little bit more solid physically. Um, he I was very impressed by him in the spring, but he's a guy that is going to be able to set the edge. So I almost think I you know the the names of the roles aren't going to change, but I think Zaniga is going to be the guy this year that Florida maybe uses more on the pass rush in kind of that Jakai Polite mold. Right, I think that that's where you see him have that year to where he steps up and he takes that, you know, here I am role. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, Blake, all right. So we we've covered the uh, you know the three guys that Florida sending to SEC media days. Let's 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 talk about what the 2019 season means for Florida, um, because there's been a lot of talk, obviously, this offseason, the negative headlines. Um, I think particularly on Swamp 24/7, we've discussed a good bit what these four defections from the 2019 class mean in terms of Florida's going to be pretty young in 2020 and 21 uh, when you look at the roster. Um, I to me that puts added pressure on the results on the field this fall. Like you, you have to show up and you have to win games this fall. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the year that whenever I know we've had this conversation before of, you know, when is the year to beat Georgia? And I think when you look at, you might have some young teams in the future, you know, is, is that going to be as, you know, as possible? I think when you look at the skill they have this year, especially at, you know, their skill positions running back, you know, Felipe Franks, if he can continue off that role that he did last year, I think that when you look at it that way, like this season becomes really important because this is probably one of your more talented, at least, I guess the better way to say it is a mix of talent and a little bit of seniority there. So I think that that it makes this season that much more important because you could see a step back in 2020 or 2021, depending on how youthful you are. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the offensive line concerns. I think everybody's well aware um, that that's kind of going to be the position on offense that determines whether or not they really take a step forward or stay the same or even take a step back. But you look at this skill position group that Florida has this year you talk about Felipe Franks coming off the year he had. You got a little Michael Pirine, but you've also got depth and Malik Davis, Damian Pierce. This receiver group is as good as any I've seen at Florida since at least 2009 and maybe even 2008 when you throw Percy in the mix. Um, but they're pretty much all seniors. I mean, aside from Trayvon Grimes and Kadarius Toney, you, you're losing four of those really, really quality receivers next year in Cleveland, uh, Van Jefferson, Joshua Hammond, and Freddie Swain. So... To me, I'm looking at that and I say, okay, if there's ever a year where you really can't afford to have a bad bounce and lose a game that you shouldn't lose, I think it's this year to me. Absolutely, and I think that uh, in the years coming, I think the conversation of transfer portal, maybe or, or graduate transfers, or however you want to have that, you know, that that's gonna could be something that you know could be need to be talked about then because he, you're just looking really young in those upcoming years. And and again, when you have some of those defections like from the 2019 class, there you're starting to get kind of some gaps here and there, you know. So I think mm-hmm. you want to mix maybe mix some transfer portal there just to kind of keep things cohesive. Well, Blake, I mean, what's your what's your What's your outlook on 2019? I mean, I've seen a bunch of people look at it different ways. I've seen people say the Miami game is super pivotal. If Florida loses that one, obviously, man, like who knows what happens. Um, but in your mind, where where does Florida land? I mean, just point blank. I mean, what do you see coming up in 2019? You know, I think that, again, it's been said that the offensive line really kind of controls their destiny here. They're very young, but it's a group that, you know, if they get, if you get through the Miami game and, and you, I think that'll be kind of a low scoring sort of vanilla because, you know, maybe moving some things around. I think Mullen's going to know that his offensive line is going to be kind of good or bad. And I think that that's, he's going to have to game plan around that. So, you know, I, I think that Florida can easily, kind of mimic what they did last season, but I think they can also maybe take a small step back and lose you know, maybe one or one more game there. You know, I think the Auburn game there kind of brings something different there because Auburn, it, it's every year, man, they're a coin flip. You never know if they're going to be yeah. really good or they're going right. to be really bad. So I think that when you bring that in there, that, that raises some questions. Um, at LSU, that's not a place that they've had to play in quite a while there. And obviously LSU, another team who won 10 games last year, and they bring back their quarterback as well. So there's a lot of pieces there. So, you know, and then obviously the Georgia game there. So I think three losses at the most is what I, I'm looking at there. And I think the Auburn game right now is just kind of the big question mark for me because I think by then we'll know what Florida's offensive line is going to be by then, obviously, because you're so deep into the season. So, and again, Auburn being such a coin flip there, you know, I think that Florida can match what they had last season, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they maybe lost a game or two more. So if I'm hearing you right, well, let me just ask you, can Florida win the SEC this year? Uh, you know, I think that Georgia is the question mark there, man. I, I don't know that I see them beating Georgia this year. And, you know, I, 
Uh, so no, I, I don't think so. It's to kind of go there because I, I think that Georgia is, is a team that they can lose to there if if the offensive line isn't going to be um, isn't going to match up there. And you know, I, I don't know, man. You know, I I think that Georgia is it's going to be a tough game there. Um, but again, you know, I don't I don't I don't have their schedule pulled up in front of me either. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that Florida is going to finish second in the East. I, I think that that's where I'm at right now. So I'll go ahead and say on the record, I, I think this is Florida's best chance in the next three years to win an SEC title. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I say that we're not even going to get into Bama. Um, you know, I, I, at this point, I think the goal for Florida is winning the SEC East and getting there. And the way I look at the roster shaping up this year, what they've got to work with, and then coming in 2020 and 2021, I think Dan Mullen's done a tremendous job of shoring up the talent. Like you said, I think the talent is improving across the board. But you nailed it when you said this is their best combination, at least for the next, in my view, the next three years of experienced depth that's talented and that top to bottom talent level. I don't think there are any huge gaps on the roster this year. Um, You know, safety is a little bit of a concern just because we don't necessarily know who is going to fully step up there. The O-line is obviously the huge concern. But I look at... um, I look at just kind of the macro sense of where Florida's at as a program, where Georgia's at as a program, and I say 2019 is the year that Florida has to capitalize. I don't think there's any way around it. The more and more I look at it, I don't think Florida can afford to have a down year or even a year where – see, here's the thing. I think Florida right now, um, Florida's success with Dan Mullen is going to be viewed through a Georgia lens. Like when Will Muschamp and and Jim McElwain were coaching at Florida – even when you know Will Muschamp had um, his 11-win regular season, uh, Florida State was clearly building, and then the very next year they go and the you know they win a national title. Um, so, despite the fact that they had success, they were viewed in this lens where you're also looking at one of your biggest rivals, and clearly they're outdoing you, right? I think in the same way, this year, even if Florida has a great year, if Georgia goes and finally breaks through, it's going to leave Florida fans a little bit disappointed. And so, to your point. Like you said, Florida's got to beat Georgia eventually. Um, I don't even know if that has to happen head-to-head, but I think this year is the year where you have to see Florida really, really kind of put their stamp down and say, hey, we're not going anywhere, so to speak. Absolutely, and I think that I think it's a very winnable game. Um, if I had to just go with my gut, I, I don't know that Florida can pull that one off. But again, you know, you, we don't know what's going to happen injury-wise. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of question marks that really don't even matter as far as the yes or no answer to that question. But, you know, I think that, Florida absolutely has the skill position talent. Um, they have a good stable burning backs. I, I worry about Florida's offensive line getting some push against Georgia's defense and Kirby right. Smart al- always fields a good defense. I think that that's more or less where my questions mark are because I don't really have a lot of confidence in Florida's offensive line right now. And I, I think whenever you yeah. look at the fact that they had to sign so many freshmen and guys that are going to be contributing there probably pretty early, I think that that's where I'm uh, my my hang up is there. But you know, I, I think that this is. When you look at that, like you said, the, the the skill position players and how there's a lot of seniors there, I think that this is the year that if it's going to happen, I think it's going to be this year. And see, see, I'm not even looking at it necessarily as like the Florida-Georgia matchup in Jacksonville. I'm just talking about overall, I think, what you've seen and part of the reason the negativity uh, probably hits home with Florida fans this offseason is because you've had Florida have these struggles, and it just seems like Georgia doesn't have them, man. It's like it, it's like every time Florida gets a negative headline this offseason, Georgia lands another four- or five-star recruit. 
Right. You know it's what I mean? From the, it's from the state of Florida, too. I think right. that, that also is where a lot of Florida fans is because they're coming in the state of Florida yep. and some of these areas that are gator friendly and, and they're stealing their lunch money. And so to, so to my point is it's not even necessarily like Florida has to beat Georgia, but I think you've got to – this is your best chance to really turn the narrative, so to speak, that, that Florida is a program on the rise and that they're at least going to be on par with Georgia in the years to come. And I think this is their best chance to show that on the field within a given season based on the pieces they have coming. Um, and, and it's also – like I said, you're, you're viewing this through a Georgia prism at the moment. It could be Florida only wins nine games or wins ten games again, and they don't actually win the East. But say Georgia loses three games or something, and it's you know Kirby Smart has a hiccup where they you know they call a fake punt on fourth and eleven, and that becomes the theme. You know where maybe he he gets this reputation as not a good in-game coach, but something has to shake the dynamic of you know Kirby Smart is on the doorstep of a national title and Florida still years away. If you're going to do that to me. That starts on the field in 2019, and I think it starts with that Miami game, and it starts with finally starting to build some positive momentum and closing the door on this offseason. However you have to do that, whether it's laying in a bunch of recruits, winning on the field, Florida's got to start to change the narrative. Sure, and I think that that would ease a lot of tension, too, as far as uh, you know the, the Georgia recruiting all these five stars in there because you know Florida may never recruit at the level that Georgia has. I, you know It just may never happen, but I think that Mullen and his cast of coaches, I, I think, could put together something better. I, I think if I had to bet between Kirby or uh, Dan Mullen, who was going to put together a, a better, you know, coaching as far as X's and O's, I'd pick Mullen. So I think that that's where you need to start to kind of stake your claim in this, like you said, breaking down this Georgia prism. Well, and and I think, I mean, we, we've talked about it. There, there's so many reasons for optimism if you're a Florida fan. You know, we, forget about the offseason. Forget about the offseason. Look at what happened on the field last fall. You had a quarterback that was absolutely broken. All of a sudden, by the end of the year, he's 12 touchdowns in his last four games, zero interceptions. He's a completely different guy. I, I To me, you look at this Florida roster, man. I haven't seen a Florida roster this good top to bottom in a long time. You know, they may not have the names yet <clears throat> defensively. You know, you don't necessarily have your guy that you can point to and say he's a Ja'Kai Polite or he's a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But this defense, to me, let's talk about the defense. I think the defense is deeper and probably more talented than it was last year. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is maybe some of these guys in the spring along the defensive line that have kind of sh- showed up. Um, you know, the, the Zachary Carters, who had a great mm-hmm. spring. Um, yeah, know, Shuler, be- Shuler, who really kind of came on last season too. Kyrie Campbell, who also played a lot better than he had um, kind of starting early on in his career. Um, so I think that a lot of these guys on the defensive line, I think the big question mark for me still is kind of Slayton and where he kind of fits into there and yeah. into the rotation. But, you know, I think is if you look at it from that, as far as you, you know what the linebackers are going to bring when you have David Reese there, um, you know, he, he's kind of you know, that senior kind of leader guy there. But um, and then obviously the you said the safety is question marks, but they have two great cornerbacks with Marco coming uh, back and CJ Henderson. So I think the defensive line is kind of a brush of fresh, fresh <laughs> excuse me, a Fresh, a fresh. You got this, man. All right, ready. A breath of fresh air. Boom, nailed it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I just, to me, uh, I think part of the thing that I'm seeing on defense as well, and I think this is where Dan Mullen probably is not getting enough credit because you talk about the recruiting rankings and oh, George's, you know, we need top three classes or top five, whatever your arbitrary ranking is. Uh, Florida is building depth on defense, and I think, especially at linebacker, that was a spot where Florida did not have it a year, two years ago. And you're seeing guys like James Houston and Ventrell Miller, who now have been in the program 
going into their third year. Those guys are ready to play at an SEC level, in my opinion. Um, same thing at, at defensive tackle. You know, Slayton and Conleth maybe had a disappointing year last year, but they're getting to the point where they're in year three of the program. Uh, you start to expect those guys to contribute. And when you start to look at it, that means you're two, three deep across the board at some of these defensive positions. The way Todd Grantham runs his defense and shuffles guys in and out, I think Florida is going to be a very, very strong fourth quarter team. And that may very well make the difference in some of these these tight games you're talking about, the LSUs, the Auburns. Um, I, I just think across the board, I look at this Florida roster and I say, man, uh, I don't want to be negative in a sense, but I, this is a good, good roster, man. And it may not be this good in 2020. It may not be this good in 2021. Uh, I, but I think I think Florida can win this year, man. I, I really think that Florida has a chance to compete for the SEC East and surprise people and maybe end up in Atlanta. You're on record then. Florida's winning the national championship. Book it, man. Book it. Where, where are we going this year? Where's the title game? I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I know Atlanta's. Atlanta's but one it of sounds the like you're there games. either way. Yeah, yeah. No, we're going. We've already got the tickets booked. I uh, worked with my travel agent. We're, we're, we're good to go. No, dude, I really I, – I do. I just think – I think that, man – I don't know. I've said it. I've said it. Uh, Florida, I, I'm on record. I think this is Florida's best chance to win the SEC in the next three years. And um, I, I think that Dan Mullen has proven enough as a coach that if they get a couple good bounces here or there, they stay healthy on the offensive line. Uh, I think that they've got a shot to do it. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Hoover, man, we got the SEC media days coming up. Uh, there's there's so much football to be talked about. We get to start a week earlier than everybody else. Man, I'm pumped. I hope I hope everybody listening to the podcast is pumped. Uh, because man, we, uh, we've been looking for, you know, topic ideas and, and thank God for Blake and Luke done a great job holding down the podcast, discussing all the recruiting angles. Um, but I'm ready to talk football and I'm sure you guys are ready to talk football and starting Monday, man, we are going to have more than enough football to talk about. We will have a Miami game to break down for the next month. We will have dozens and dozens of practice reports, all the info. Um, I don't know, Blake, I'm stoked. Yeah, I think that this year, whenever it starts to come around time for practice, it's it's you're waiting for it to start, and then you're waiting for the pads to come out. So you just have to keep it contained for just a little while whenever they get those shells out. And then sooner or later, you'll you'll have your full pads, and you'll get your fix. All right, Blake. Well, uh, I, I think we did a good job hitting everything, man. This is kind of our little preview for SEC Media Days. Florida obviously goes in the afternoon on Monday. Um, so the plan the plan is we will have plenty of coverage on the site on Swamp247.com. We encourage you guys to check that out throughout the day. We'll, we'll have live coverage, kind of breaking down things as they're happening. We'll have plenty of recaps after the fact. And then I believe Blake will be uh, shooting a podcast with me that evening. So on your Tuesday morning drive to work, you can check in, find out everything that Florida players, Felipe Franks, Michael Pirine, Jabari Zaniga said, everything that Dan Mullen said. And hopefully we'll be able to get you guys even more hyped up for the season. I know I am. I know Blake is. Uh, guys, that is it for the Swamp 24-7 podcast today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about us. If you like the podcast, leave us a positive review. And be sure to check back in late Monday evening or Tuesday morning. And we will be breaking down everything that happened at SEC Media Days. 